brought to you by Lester's Card Shop in Greensboro, North Carolina. Your host, Chris Walls. I had a point there, but I'm not sure exactly where I was going with it now. Chris Kennedy. Alright, this guy over here has a flyer to block with. <laughs> but he killed my sorry. And Will Levat. You know, I was I was actually fine with talking about this until it turned out all was wrong. And now, it's time to run the gauntlet. All right, hello and welcome to episode nine of the Gauntlet. We are brought to you right now from Lucky's Car Shop in Greensboro, North Carolina. And uh, I'm your host, Chris Halls, and with me for last week and actually more than my other co-host, this is Will. Yeah, I've missed more shows. Well, <laughs> yeah, and uh, Chris. <laughs> Chris, unfortunately, um, couldn't join us again. He had to study for biology. In his, a class that, in his own words, he said he was planning on failing anyway. <laughs> and uh, so sitting in for him this week, we've got Brian Byerly. What's up, man? Hey, how you doing, bro? So uh, it's really loud because they're, uh, they're drafting right now. Actually, I think they're setting up for a draft. No, Jimmy's right there. So, oh wait, I can't tell. We, we, they might be setting up for a cube. Probably not. But um, anyway, we've got a couple of uh, couple of things to talk to you about. First of all, is um, Planeswalker points. If you haven't heard about it already, um, Wizards has, as far as Magic goes, is getting away from DCI points and going towards a new ranking system called Planeswalker points. And um, I'm sure Will might. I, I only know a little bit about it, so... I mean, I tried as my artist yesterday to do, like, extensive research on it, and, like, I just... Like, I, I actually was like, man, this is too complicated. Like, basically... The, it's not really all that complicated. I was just always bitching about having to learn something new. <laughs> but basically, the general gist of it is, is unlike your DCI rating, you cannot lose playing golf points. Um... And depending on how many points you have is your level. You get, every time you win a match, you get three points. Every draw is one point. And for um, different RELs, there are... There's a multiplier. And then when you lose, you get zero points. But it's incentive, like, it's designed with incentive for players that were sitting on their rating. So that they don't have to, like, they can play an event now. Because, like, I don't know how many people... Like, there's a story of uh, Ali Antazi when he was in, uh, uh, he was at, where was it, he was at, was it regional state, the states of Burlington, I think, and he went 3-0 and then just decided to drop, and was like, yeah, and his mom was like, why are you dropping, you're 3-0, and he was like, because I qualified for nationals after this win, and, and I don't so, want to lose any more points, he's like, yeah, I don't want to lose any more points, I mean, that system was fine, and but it had, like, it had, that was a major flaw. Well, no, no, no. It's, yeah. Some of those players were content with doing that. They were content with just Like, I can tell, like, tell you how many times John Winters has just decided to sit out FNMs just so he didn't lose points. And John was okay with it. Like, well, I mean, it's not, it's not like, it's not like they were doing something and they're like, man, I really hate that I have to do this. Yeah. It was, they were like, I am going to do this because I would like to be cheap for this event. And, I mean, it also made it easier for people people that, people that like performance-based rating. They were like, yeah, it's fine. I don't want to do participation-based because that's the alternative. So, with participation-based, your rating almost means... You, it, it doesn't signify, like, the level of playership. Because, like, like Eric, Eric is a level higher than me. 
but I don't consider Eric a better player than me by any means because Eric comes to me for advice about his sideboard tech and whatnot. And yeah, well, I mean, oh, and, so, a, and another thing about it is they're talking about your your planeswalker rating and your level or whatever, you know, dictating whether you you know get invitations to events, get buys at events, qualify for events. So that raises the question: Is it is it going to cycle by season? Yes. Because yes, it, it, they, they did say that. They okay. Did, well, I didn't see that. They did say that it, it's going to cycle between seasons of whether or not like what's happening. So so, so it's going to work kind of like um, kind of like the Star City level Invita- system. Uh, it's going to work a little bit differently than the Star City Invitational system. Um, the thing about it is that it rotates at the beginning of each. It's like starting over at the beginning of each year. So and one thing that I'm really mad about is that the Pro Sydney, which is in October, is going to be, um, it's a, that's, that's fine, nothing's going to happen to that Pro Tour, the people that are qualified for the Pro Tour will just be qualified for the Pro Tour, yeah. but as of 2000, when January 1st, 2011, the next Pro Tour is Honolulu, which I fully intend on going to, um, I'm going to have to start from I have to start from scratch in January 1st, 2011 on my competitive rating. 2012. Or 2012, yeah, 2012. Yeah, I hear you. So I have to start from scratch on my competitive like, to build my competitive rating up until then I keep qualifying. So it's, um, so I guess until then it's, it's, uh, well, grinding, it's grinding PTQs. And I, I will So which means we need to yeah. figure out how to play sealed in Innistrad. <laughs> yeah, which is very important, man. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of sealed tournaments. Mainly I'm not either. When somebody opens Garouk CG Commander Garouk, or double CG Commander Garouk at a and then the next one, you just go, how? I was like, you have the three bonus rares possible, I think, in M10. I was like, what? how are you next one? I know, right? Yeah. Um, so so that's, that's the general gist of that. Um, now, the last time we recorded, we didn't have a single card that had been uh, previewed or scored for Rainer Strong. And now we're like 91 cards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as far as up until I was, it was current up to we're at 91 as of two hours ago. So um, I was thinking we could go through and um, talk about some of the cards that stood out to us. First of all, I want to point out as a flavor guy, this pisses me off. But as a competitive player, I'm like champion. Okay. Ghost quarter. Yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed the fact that the ghost quarter was getting replayed. As a as a player, especially it balances the fact that they're making the enemy duels and then like the multiple colors are like it, it just balances. Okay. Well, I, I understand that. Like like from from a like I said from a player perspective. I love it. But from a flavor guy perspective, it doesn't make sense because Ghost Quarter, the Ghost Quarter was an actual location in Ravnica. Right. I mean, you can assume that this is another Ghost Quarter. Can't you? I mean, like, I don't know. Ghosts exist on this plane of existence. Well, I understand that, but it seems like it's... It seems like they're just getting lazy. Well, I mean... I was a little peeved at Evolving Wilds with a Terramorphic Expanse because it said I had to buy Evolving Wilds instead of Terramorphic Expanse. Yeah. And so, my, and so when, Terra, when Terramorphic rotated, rotated, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I have Evolving Wilds. Actually, they were... Terramorphic was in 11, right? Yeah. Yeah, alright, well, never mind. My point's in, my point's in Dallas. Now, but, but, we, anyway, we... You were actually fine with talking about it. It turned into... Yeah, it's still a result. But, no, we had, we had foil... Uh, 
coiled paramorphic expenses from time spiral, coil signed combustion points actually. Huh. And so, like, they were really cool, but uh, they weren't legal in Zendikar. That's what it was. They weren't legal in Zendikar, but they had to play a Boeing while well, it was Yeah. I was like, I bet that was really yeah. dumb for you. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's funny. Um, but as, as flavor, I mean, I guess I can understand why you're mad, but I, I, as far as flavor goes in the set, it's full of it, and it's so well, interesting. Well, I mean, I, oh, don't, don't, get me, don't get me wrong. This set... Besides, like, from a flavor standpoint, this set excites me just as much as that one did. From a, from a flavor standpoint. It's got a whole other flavor. It adds a whole other... Well, and another thing, if you... Yeah, like, and if you watch some of the some of the footage and some of the interviews and stuff from PAX, uh, they were, uh, especially the Magic Party, they, you know, they were talking about how over the last the last few blocks they've been trying this you know horror bad guys win type thing right and what's really neat is for, from a design standpoint they were talking about how you'll never mix up a Phyrexian with a Mildrazi right you'll, and, and this well, it still follows that same it still follows that same kind of thing yeah but they're easily distinguishable yeah which, which, I, which I think is really cool and it's really nice to see them taking a more traditional stance on the on the whole horror theme, right? It's it's real interesting. Um, so now down to the nitty gritty. Let's talk about um, a few of the cards that stood out. Stood out. To us. We're gonna talk. I'm gonna start with white. And there wasn't a whole lot. There wasn't a whole lot. First of all, divine reckoning. Yeah. I was, I'd still not as good as Day of Judgment. Still, still not, but but it does have flashback. Still not as good as Day of Judgment. <laughs> still not. Still, yeah, I, I mean, still not. It's, it's flashback cost is also 7, which is... Which, for, for 6 mana, you could be a Chroma's Vengeance thing. <laughs> for 8 mana, you could be Planner Cleansing. Planner Cleansing costs 8, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so, I don't know. I did like, I really like their, like, core Firewalker, the Elite Inquisitor. I did think, yes, yeah, protection, like, yeah. protection from Innistrad. Yeah. You see what yeah. I think it's pretty sweet. Um, well, first of all, let's, let's, let's take a step back. We forgot to mention something. Let's talk about some of the mechanics um, uh, in, in the set. First of all, one of the things that has a lot of people on the fence is uh, the double-sided cards, the double-faced cards. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I made the comment earlier today talking to some people about it, and, you know, it's, it's going to be real neat to be in draft and be like, oh, that guy has that card. Well, that's the thing. The, the rules on draft are that you can, it's, it's, public, it's not, you're not penalized for revealing what it is, and you're not penalized for concealing what it is. So, like, in high level draft, you actually, you take a tip card, place it in front of you, and that's, and you put all the double face cards underneath it. Oh, okay. So that's actually how, like, proto drafts and things are gathered on Huh, that's interesting. Um, and another thing is the, uh, the new mechanic curse. Well, it's not really a mechanic. Well, not mechanic, it's, just, it's like an enchanted player. It's like a subtype. So. Yeah. Which, which I, I think is kind of neat. And we'll get into a couple of the curses here in a little bit. Um, as we mentioned with Divine Reckoning, Flashback has returned. Yeah. We've got that back, which, which is pretty interesting. Um, we've got a new uh, keyword, Fight. Can you yeah. tell them about that one, Will? Alright, so essentially it's Faux Provoke, 
which what it what it does is you're gonna pay the cost or whatever to activate the fight, and it's from what I've seen so far, it's only an activated ability. So you're gonna two creatures would fight, and so one they one would deal its damage to another creature, and then the other creature would deal its damage to the other one. So it's an arena fight. So yeah, it's an arena fight. So which. I don't know. Like I'm not. I'm not too excited about it. I feel like it's a real. It's just know. like they're trying to slim, like slim down some of the wording, like they did with guys instead of. Yeah, when a creature goes to the graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. So they're trying to slim down wording, I guess. But fight, fight is awkward. Um, I feel like it may be really good though, because like if you can end a turn fight a creature and then untap and your creature's not dead, it makes it makes you can't play shit creatures. Like, if you play a creature that's hard, he's going to die to a creature that's superior with fight. Yeah. And, I mean, the way to fix that, obviously, is with design, you're going to fight, make the tough, the creature with fight, its toughness a little lower than... Yeah, and another, another interesting mechanic going with that is, uh, like, say, if it's, like, a kind of play effect with the fight, like, when it comes to play, fight... Um, I don't we think haven't seen that we, have, yet, we haven't seen any um, I mean, ETB. So, yeah. yeah, but uh, and, and stuff, stuff like that, you think of uh, cards like Fencer, breaking in and out of play, in the turn, comes back in, fight. Yeah, so it's essentially like, and then like, uh, um, I don't mean, know. What is the, the stuffy doll? The, the creepy doll. Creepy yeah, doll, yeah, the creepy doll. You can, you can do some interesting things with that. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if it's great or not. Uh, so, and then, what else do we have? We've also got Morbid. Yeah, it's when a creature dies this turn, this effect happens. The, the uncommon explode that gives when a creature dies that it has the morbid ability, target creature gets minus four, minus four. Yeah. That's really good. That, I really like that one. Oh, yeah. That was real good. Um, so, uh, so now, that we, now that we've talked about that, first of all, I just want to mention this since he's not here. Um, when me and Chris were talking about transform cards, and I was like, uh, like it just doesn't make sense why they would do this. And Chris was like, and I quote, this is Watsy we're talking about, Chris. It doesn't have to make sense. Pretty funny. I was actually really, like, so I was on Tumblr, and, like, I was just looking at, like, pictures of magic on there, and uh, they had somebody was like, Here's the the flip card or whatever, and then I was like, I actually I don't know what made me decide to read it, but like I read all the names on there, and I've noticed Garoop, like Garoop was on there, and I was like, it doesn't say Garoop, it just says Garoop. So I was like, yeah. So apparently the next Garoop's gonna be double sided, and then like five hours later they spoil the card. I was like, yes. Once I figured it out, they're like, gotta put this out there. But like I was, I was like, yeah, I figured it out. But. Everywhere, yeah, somebody was like, Link, I was like, no, I just kind of read it somewhere. So, um, yeah. another, um, so let's get back and talk some of, talking about some of the, uh, the white cards. Uh, one of them that stands out to me is, uh, Mikaeus the Lunarch. Mikaeus, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mikaeus. Yeah. Michael. Yeah, Mikey. 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 Uh, you can tap and put a counter on him, or you can tap and remove a counter and put it on all your dudes. I mean, I thought that was actually a pretty interesting mechanic. I think it's going to be something that would be really good in, like, Commander and 
Yeah, he's actually, well, obviously he's going to be good for Commander because they put him in the Command, or Legend. Yeah, so he was the Innistrad Spoiler, he's the sort of body and mind of the set, essentially. Yeah. Uh, also, another card I liked him here was Slayer of the Wicked. Yeah. I thought that card was really cool, and Spectral Rider. Spectral Rider, I, I don't know why, but this card gives me wood. <laughs> it's what White Knight wants to be. I would rather have him. No. I don't know. I actually sure I bet that pro, pro black and intimidate or pro black and first strike. But intimidate is pretty good. Yeah, my other one's uh Fiend Hunter. It's like uh Leon and Relic Order except for dudes instead of like Oh, there's all kinds of shenanigans that are gonna happen with that yeah. guy. Yeah. And he's a and also he's a one three for three, one white white. Yeah. Um so far the only blue cards I'm even like Sort of excited about are the is the Ludwig's test subject and Ludwig's abomination. Like I sat down and like that the card and I was like, this card is so cool. And then I realized that you had to invest like eight mana into it, and I was like, it was actually you have to invest twelve mana into into playing it. So essentially, he's an awful thirteen thirteen. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe there'll be a way to... Uh, maybe put just, counters on... Well, I mean, we still have proliferate mechanics. Yeah, but, like, uh, I feel like if I'm still, like, proliferate... If, if I'm just proliferating that, I feel like I'm wasting my spells. Yeah, so, uh, we were talking about curses in this stage. Um, we're in blue, we might as well even bring it up. So, curse of the body, uh, the bloody tomb. There's, there's a lot of people playing blue mill decks right now that are actually doing pretty decent. Uh, I've seen quite a few uh, brews playing on Moto and stuff, people playing uh, Mildex, and there's a lot of them been running around pretty rampant, pretty strong. Might be another card that could be a viable option on that deck. Well, I mean, we talked about we talked about Mill. I was actually back listening to to our episodes, and on episode three, when we um, first talked about the new Jace, yeah. we first talked about Jace Memory of Death, we... Um, me, Will, and Chris were going through the implications of Mill being being viable in the format, and uh, it it just seems like even with Jace, it just seems like it's missing something. From like with the Mill concepts, yeah, I've been doing some playtesting with it. Uh, every matchup I've had, pretty much at this point, I've actually been doing more of a uh, Carl Blake style Mill being. And it was actually pretty interesting uh, using uh, sort of body and mind with uh, Ox. It's pretty funny. Or a Hedron Crab. Actually, nutty. Um, I really wanted to build a mill deck with that new zombie that says uh, whenever a zombie deals damage to a player, they mill that many cards. And then I also wanted to play sort of body and mind with that. And then it's also, uh, also the part about the ability where it says uh, whenever a creature card is milled from an opponent's deck, um, you put a 2-2 zombie into play. So Nice! Yeah, so it's a, and it's a full drop. That was pretty good. Yeah, it's actually a really good card, I think. And yeah. I feel like the, that's the next mill deck. It's going to be like full black with that. Yeah, like I was saying, I'm working on it. <laughs> the idea that I was working on, the only bad matchups I actually found I had uh, in like post man free boy has been against blue black control, blue black aggro, stuff like that. But, uh, There's a lot of stuff that we can't like predict right now, though. So, like, I wouldn't, I'm not even testing matchups. Yeah. Cause like we have no we have no idea what the format is gonna look like post Indestructible. I don't know who I was talking to about it. Um, oh yeah, that was it. That was a given. I think I was talking to you about it, Will. How this this rotation is starting to feel a lot like Kamigawa Ravnica. Yeah, I mentioned. I, I'm yeah, sure I, I, I mentioned I, that. Yeah. On the last, did we, we, not, I don't uh, think we, we mentioned it on the cast. I don't 
don't know, but yeah, it does feel like when Ravnica was coming in and everyone was like, oh, what are we going to play? And then, like, we looked at Commodore and we were like, these cards are awful. <laughs> so, like, standalone, it was just a terrible set. And so, and, and that's that's how it's starting to feel. So, Scars is sort of a terrible set, but I mean, it's a terrible block. I don't know. Some of the cards in there are good. Because, oh, like, I mean, obviously, we had, like, Sensei Divining Top, Yosai, Kogosho, GTA. We have good cards, but the block as a whole wasn't that great. Yeah, there's still, like, uh, Ninja the Deep Power. Yeah. I said that. Oh, pretty good. Yosai Kogosho. I didn't want to mention the other one. Because I don't care. Yeah. Uh, Kodama the Norm Tree. Yeah. I love that card. I actually, uh, found when I was playing Beach House back then, uh, one of the sideboarded cards I always kept with, uh, yeah. the Green the Ocean. That was a really cool card. Oh, yeah. Oh, this card also, uh, this is gonna, something's gonna come of this, but, uh, Scab Ruinator? Ruinator? Oh, god, this guy. Scoon Ruinator, Exile 3 cards from your graveyard. Three creature cards. Three creature cards from your graveyard. Uh, the 5-6 flying, you may cast scare Ruinator from your graveyard. So... I just now realized that you still have to... You still have to pay the mana cost. But like, for some reason I thought you just milked, or exiled three creatures and put them into play. I think I didn't come up fighting him. Yeah. yeah. Playing this guy from your hand seems kinda... He's still a 3.56 and you just have to exile three creatures. Yeah. Um, another one that I don't want to skip over because it's one that you'll see quite a bit. That, that I, I think some people are going to try to mess around with. And that's Rooftop Storm. Uh, Enchantment costs one, uh, five, and a blue. You may pay oh, yeah. zero colorless. Count them. Zero colorless. Get count zero. <laughs> then pay the mana cost for zombie creature spells you cast. I don't know. Three zombies. If Not only Grave Titan was a zombie giant. <laughs> Not so sure. <laughs> Uh, People I was, will try try with it. It costs six though, it's so much. Oh, I agree. Such an investment. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And they mentally get and you're just like, oh, oh spaghetti oh. <laughs> but no, the undead alchemist, that was the guy I was talking about. Yeah, alright. It's a four two. The zombie control deal damage to a player instead that player puts that many cards on top of his or her library into his graveyard. Whenever a creature card is put into a punch graveyard from his or her library, exile on top of that card and put a 2 2 black zombie creature token onto the battlefield. I feel like that's a really good card. So, um. I don't know, there's some really awkward cards in this set, like Army of the Dam. Put 13 2 2 black zombie creature tokens into the battlefield tap. For three blocks? Why tap? For eight. What? But why tap? I guess That's it's going with the, the undead. No, the undead ghoul. Like, they, what is it? The, the one black guy that costs. Well, comes in play tap and he's a. Diagraph. yeah. Okay, yeah, here, there he is. Yeah, he's real good. He's, he is. He's real good. You're just like, turn one, play this, untap next turn, attack. He's <laughs> like, so I can't block with them for one turn. So I guess, like, this is like, so you can't block with them. You see, it also goes in hand towards, like, uh, Endless Ranks of the Dam. I mean, the game directly put X2-2 black zombie creatures open to the battlefield for where yeah. X is half the number of zombies you control around the down. I mean, so Zombie Mill seems like a good deck. Yeah, it, it's possible. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play Swords, I'm gonna play that. Uh, um, first of all, we're, we're gonna save the Planeswalkers. We're gonna save the Planeswalkers and, and probably a couple of the, the bigger ones. No, we're just gonna save the Planeswalkers. It's okay, we'll save the Planeswalkers for last. 
Um, oh, here it is. It's called uh, Morkrit Banshee. Three black black, four yes. four. With, uh, that was the morbid guy you were yeah. talking about. When it enters the battlefield, if a creature died this turn, target creature gets minus four, minus four, till end of turn. Uh, that's another one. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, another one that kind of stands out, Reaper from the Abyss. Oh, yeah. He's uh, flying 6-6 six, six for three black and three uh, with Morgan, which is uh, at the beginning of your, uh, each instep. Creature dies this turn, target player, uh, destroy target non-demon uh, creature. And six expire for six. I mean, that's pretty rounded. Yeah, I like how it does in that he can't destroy himself. Yeah, yeah, it's real, real cute. Um, it makes him a little bit better. Kind of beats right of it. Oh, I killed my creature. I fling my guy at you or something like that. Yeah, uh, right. It'd be real awkward. Um, good stack. High priest is pretty neat. Um, he's a one two for one and a black for a human cleric. Morbid. Tap two untapped creatures you control. Put a five six or uh, five five black demon creature token with flying onto the battlefield. And you can only activate it if a creature died this turn. Yeah. Um. Let's keep going. Uh. You want to talk about Balefire Dragon? I think I like its art. Its art is absolutely gross. I like its art. I've been kind of uh, been sitting here looking over Devil's Play. I thought that was pretty fun and red. That's, it's, it's a fireball it's that we're fireball. back. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> not so good. It's a fireball I'll play, play Red first. Yeah. Or fireball. I thought I'd play fireball first. <laughs> but... But yeah, if I if you wouldn't play fireball, um, then so we so we talked about double faced cards. Now, now that we're we're going into red stuff, let's let's give you an example of the double faced cards, okay. and what what most of them are going to be. I mean, at least for Innistrad, and that's where the vampires you have to pay to turn them off. The werewolves have the thing. It's uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, no spells were cast. You flip to transform them. And then, if a player casts two or more spells last turn, transform it. And it's from the wolf. If they cast spells, they transform back. And if they cast, from the human, no spells are cast, they transform. It. So I don't know. I'm not. I'm not entirely too excited about a lot of the four cards. I think they're okay. I, I think. I think they might might be good, but like. I don't know. I, I can see it being more just like a block stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Moonness. Moonness seems real good with all this stuff, though. Yeah. So, like, uh, so um, let me see what uh, else they come out with. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a couple cards they're holding on to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of so. course. So, uh, so nothing, nothing really in red yet. I mean, there's a couple, there's a couple cards, but they don't replace the cards that red loses. Yeah. They don't replace Goblin Guide, they don't replace Searing Blaze. Well, okay. They don't replace Lightning Bolt. Speaking of replacing Goblin Guide, there's one card that, that I wanted to talk about. Where is it? The Storm Kirk Noble? Yeah, Strong Kirk Noble. That dude is pretty sick. What if I don't play humans? What if, like, there's no human card in my deck? I'm just like, walk. Well, I'm, I'm not saying he's the nut. I'm just saying he's still really good. In constructed, no, probably unlimited. But you don't, you don't think he'll be that good in constructed? I think he's awful. Like, I'm, like, oh, I'll attack, make him a 2-2. Alright, on my turn I play, like, a... Three, four, shock. I mean, I'm not even saying that. Like, I know, I'm just, like, I'm just like, I'll block him. Block. Block it hard and long, and every day of the week. Hard and long. Yeah. Like that's how you like it in the world. I was about to mention that card. Uh, 
basically all your like, like, say you're playing mono green you got a bunch of little low cast green right yeah creatures well, you control enter the battlefield as a copy of tokens actually yeah it's just tokens like I don't know the guy that the guy that spoiled it was like this card's so good and I was like this card doesn't seem all that great it seems okay if it you're playing like Jade Mage like if you're playing this guy with Jade Mage it doesn't seem real bad you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so there's the other card we were going to save. Let's see. Anything else? Yeah, I have a book. Some of those uh, interesting shift cards. Like, when he's a human, all human... Uh, all I mean, he's, all, he's, he's your werewolf lord. Yeah. You know? So, um... What do you think about spider spawning? Well, spider spawning... Uh, I think like it's. I, I, I like the uh, the card that gives the target creature plus two, plus four in range. Oh yeah, what is it? The uh, spider grasp, something like that. Yeah. There it is. Spider grasp. Yeah, I like that. Pretty good. So let's talk about the the legendary creatures that we have so far. So we have Grimgrin Corpsborn, three black blue legendary creature zombie warrior. Yep. He enters the battlefield tapped and doesn't untap during your untap step. Yep. Sacrifice another creature, untap him, put a plus one plus one counter on him. Yep. Whenever he attacks, destroy target creature, defending player controls, then put a plus one plus one counter on him. Yep. And he's a 5-5. Five five. Yep. I think he's pretty good. He's 5-5-5. Five five five. I think he's actually, like, I don't know. There's no untap during untap. So, like, unless you're playing, like, token stuff, it's awkward. I, I didn't really like the fact that he can't be doom-bladed, but he can still be go for the Well, not only, that, not only that, his first attack kills something and he's attacking as a 7 I'm just going to say when you get lit up when you're like sack untap him and put a ultimate ultimate counter and they're like in response to that just never you're going to be like wow that's real unfortunate you're just going to be like I just got they're going to be like they're going to be singing population value town <laughs> Or we find value town population Anyway, and then Olivia Balderan, uh, which is kind of like the new spark mage, sort of. I don't know, I, I really like it. But, uh, or it reminds me of Bloodthirst Cultist. But, yeah. uh, it's flying 3 3 for black, red, and 2. Um, it has the ability pay red and 1. Olivia Volderin deals 1 damage to another target creature. That creature becomes a vampire in addition to its other types. Put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on Olivia Volderin. And then its other ability is pay a black, 2 black, and 3 gain control of target vampire for as long as you control Olivia Volderin. And another card this reminds me of, it reminds me of Mimnark. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Which is really weird since we just left Scar, or since we just left Mirrodin again. Yeah, well, I mean, we had Mimnite, which was the well, remnant well, of Mimnark, and then Olivia Holderon, which is the... Um, um, she's the vampire yeah. version of... Yeah, no, she's, <laughs> she's obviously not as good, because you don't get to keep them, but, like, yeah. if, if, if she, she dies... Easily, she's a she's a risk investment. She's a high risk investment. You can invest a lot of time into taking control of your opponent's stuff. If they kill her before you kill them, then you're going to be in a lot of trouble because you're inve you're investing a ton of stuff into it. Yeah. yeah. Not only do you have all the one eight seventy you can handle, but she's got a she's a three three. I mean, incinerate. Yeah, incinerate takes care of her. Well, that's well, that's assuming. Well, that's assuming that, that they're able to get it before you make something a vampire. Because you see this, like, once you activate her ability for the first time, 
She goes up. Yeah, she goes up out of incinerate. So, um... Would you do crappy though than say another target creature? Because you couldn't just ping herself and give her plus one plus one. Yeah. I feel like that's... I don't know. I'd, I'd rather that card be able to do that. I agree. I, I feel like that's not quick. I feel like that's not too much to ask. Is if is, is if that card would just I could just ping it and be like doo, 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 doo. yeah she did me real quick like EOT uh, tap out yeah tap out make her like give her plus three plus three yes yeah, six six flyer at this point yeah. I agree. Alright, uh, most of the artifacts in the set are going to be bleh, except for Creepy Doll, which I think creepy doll is, is, is going to be something. It's got that Stuffy Doll feel to it, though. Yeah. It's, um, it's a 1-1 one, one for 5. Vanilla test, crap. Yep. But, it's indestructible. A little bit better. When it deals combat damage to a creature, flip a coin. If you win that flip, destroy that creature. Yep. Now, if it only had flying. <laughs> I mean, I mean, for five mana for a 1-1 one, one that's in a start, they could have at least given it flying. No, I think it's good the way it is. I, I think you need to give it flying. I feel the most indestructible card is Dark Skill Citadel because it doesn't cost anything. <laughs> Except $25. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so, um, we mentioned earlier the, uh, the enemy duels. Yeah. And we have the full set. They didn't save any of them. We've got the full contingent. Um, and we also have our, our first non-basic land, besides Ghost Quarter, that does something. Yeah. Um, it's uh, Kessig Wolfrun. Tap at a colorless. Or X, green, red, tap. Target creature gets plus X, plus zero, and gains trample until end of turn. Pretty neat land. I suppose. I don't know. I think it's pretty good. It reminds me that, uh, uh, that land that deal gives target creature double strike. <laughs> um, I mean, this, this way you have a punch spell, like, you, you essentially have an overrun spell almost the whole way. Yeah. It's well, like, it's also like, uh, like, it sort of looks like Lava Fall reaches, but you have well, to have okay. the creature first. Well, look at it this way. Um, here's an interesting interaction with this card. What about Infect? I mean, uh, you have to play Red-Green Infect, which I, I'm not averse to doing because Assault Strobe is still... Assault Strobe is still around. Yeah. Assault so, Stub was my main reason for... Green and green, I mean, even though we lose... Yeah, Corruptor and stuff like that. I mean, we, yeah, we, we have we lose, but we also, well, we also have a, a... We lose the Zendikar stuff if we're on but we, but we still have decent pump spells. If you, if, you, if you decide to play a bunch of artifact infect guys, I mean, your Mirren Metal is, is still a viable option. We still like, have mutagenic I feel like blue is probably the correct infect color to be right. in. So. Well, I, I agree, but, but there's no reason to play blue outside of Blighted Agent and Mana League after Zendikar rotates. Uh, we have, uh... Well, I mean... We got because we lose Distortion Strike. Yeah, hold on. I have another reason. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, the Blighted Agent is the whole reason. Because he's unblockable. Yeah. And well... Oh, like, that was the whole point. Like, you can use... Well, like... We, we I mean, it was to canopy color, which is a big hit, but you can just play Swift Foot Boots to give it Yeah. That, well, that's true, too. And... So... So running for trolls. Yeah. But also, now we have enemy duels. Why can't we splash for red for this pump spell? Uh... I don't know, because I don't want to play three colors. If I don't want to play green, blue, red. Okay, you play. I mean, I'm not saying don't do this because red green was the original the original thing, and like Proto Paris had red green infect all in it. 
they had the assault stroke combo and stuff with a bunch of people trying to get free wins. But like, I mean, only uh, I played the deck like twice on Moto, and I got free wins twice. And then I decided to put the deck down and never play it again because I knew that this like this should never happen. Yeah. I was like, I should not win games. And like, I I also picked up Waffle Top of Blue Black Control at that point and was like. Yep, much better. <laughs> so. Uh, anyway, um. So that's that. That's all we've got to talk about as far as um, Innistrad. No, we still got two more cards. Oh, yes. First off, Liliana of the Veil. One black black comes into play with three loyalty. Plus one, each player discards a card. Minus two, target player sacrifices a creature. Minus six. You separate all permanents. You factor fiction in their board. <laughs> you factor fiction that their board. Yeah, the board. Yeah, <laughs> you factor fiction their board. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. One card that comes to mind and actually has a really interesting synergy with it, uh, with Liliana, the new one, is uh, something like Friendship Pharaoh. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah, actually... that. Yeah, we, we've mentioned that, too. I mean, that's, that's a pretty interesting uh, interaction there. So... I mean, that's probably what, what's going to happen, but I don't know. I'm gonna get one because I like being playing walkers now. So, but I don't know. I think like her ultimate is pretty, pretty great. But I, uh, I feel like her is plus he, one, her plus one is a little on the weak side. Yeah. Each player discards a card. I mean, yeah, you can do do, do good things and like you can protect her with vengeful pharaoh and stuff like that. So I guess essentially you're going to eventually factor fiction their board, but at some point. Like, I mean, maybe it makes a little bit more skill. Uh, I think there's a lot of people out, but like, out, so, out like, there right now that don't know how to play with Factor Fiction. Yeah. So it, it'll be really easy to fuck up. With yeah. Her. It'll be really easy to fuck up with her ultimate. I'm pretty sure a bunch of people are just going to be like, I don't understand, and just not play her. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Eh, but I suppose it's possible. But the next one... Is going to be Garut the Relentless slash Garut the Veil Curse. Now, from before we actually talk about what he does, we were, I was talking about I was talking to Chris and I think I talked to you about it about the, the, fla the flavor implications of having Liliana as the poster child for the set. Yeah. And if any of you out there know anything about flavor, Garrick and Liliana are. Buttonheads. Yeah, possibly. Ever, ever well, since. Well, Liliana's like, get out of my way, I don't care. And Garouk, like, Garouk's like, hunt you down now. Because, like, Liliana just, Liliana was blazing through and, like, just, like, not caring about what, what, what she was doing. And she ended up killing one of Garouk's Yeah, he, yeah. He, she ended up killing one of, one of his beasts. And he tracked her down after, um, in, in the temp, in a temple after she had gotten the, uh, chain veil. Yeah. And then that's why Garrick's called the Veil Curse. Because yeah, because she used she, the chain veil on him, and now he's cursed. So, um, and after that, it was, it was just him trying to track her through the multiverse. Yeah, Almost like some bad stick triangle. Oh, yeah. Kind of, but the funny thing was, <laughs> he was the killer. I'm the, sure. the funny thing was, flavor wise, you want to do that with most women. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, fans of flavor. How have we not had some honorable mention of Ravnica yet? Because all of the new Planeswalkers, Ravnica seems to be the nexus of everything that fucking is going on. The whole Tezzeret... Spencer came from Ravnica. The whole... No, he didn't. No, no, he didn't. You're right. Yeah. He came from Dominaria. But the point is, like, 
the whole Vince, uh, the whole Nicobolus, Tezzeret, Jace thing, all that started on Ravnica. Garrick tracked Jace down on Ravnica to get, um... Information about Liliana. To get information about Liliana. Lil, um, Liliana was a part Jace of the ran, consortium. Yeah, Jace ran to Ravnica from, uh, from where they were to... I think it was Alara to escape Tezzeret. They were in another plane off of Alara once Tezzeret got the power of Ethereum or something. Yeah, what was he... After Sharoom, like, Sharoom was like, hey, here you go, bye. And yeah. He gave, like, Sharoom all her Ethereum, I think, and then... And so Tezzeret tried Jace... And then he Nicol Bolas, and Jace ran away. So Jace ran away to Ravnica. Tezzeret found him, so Jace ran to Kamigawa, and then that's where they faced off, and Jace did the whole, like, mind scramble thing on Tezzeret, and then that started the whole him and Nicol Bolas thing. But the point is, is Ravnica seems to be a nexus of all of all of these events surrounding these new planeswalkers. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, we went to Ravnica at one point, and so maybe they're like, this place is really cool, this set was really good, let's put some story behind it. And so they're well, giving the an honorable mention because the set was so damn good. The story itself, just without all the new planeswalkers, the story of, of the Ravnica block was still spectacular anyway. Yep. And also, for those of you who don't know, if you actually did read the novels and uh, pay attention to, like, you know, old planeswalkers, it is possible that Niv Mizzet is actually a planeswalker, and we don't know it yet. Yeah. Well, I mean... Which I think is real interesting, because, like... Perry's considered a planeswalker. Vincer was a planeswalker. Well, Vincer was the first Arn of the new planeswalkers. Okay, like, as far as as far as far flavor goes, there's only one planeswalker that we know is a planeswalker that could possibly come back and make a, make a resurgence, and that's Tefri. Because all the other old walkers died. I thought Perry was dead. I thought Nick Balls killed him. No. No, because Tefri did kind of like Karn did. And sacrificed his spark, and got himself trapped somewhere to seal the rift um, from. Uh, Man, I need to go back rift. and read this. You really should. It's a really cool story. I, I read the because it was the yeah, I read the I read the cliff notes you gave me. Yeah, it was the toilet, and it was the Tolarian rift is the reason that Karn Karn gave up his spark and ran away to Mirrodin because he needed to seal the rift over Tolaria, yeah. which set us up for New Rex. Right. So I mean, it's like the. Like, the universe, or the, the multiverse, is just so much more expansive, and there's so much more to this game if you just... The stories know. are really interesting, though. Yeah. Um, now, now, having said that, and having a, a little, you know, a little bit of backstory on the whole Garrick Liliana yeah, thing. Yeah, Garouk now. Alright, so, Garouk is a planeswalker, comes in play with three loyalty, his forecasting calls green and three. When Garouk Relentless has two of your loyalty counters on him, you're going to transform him. He is the double-sided planeswalker of the set. Uh, his first two abilities are that are zero abilities. Uh, Garouk Relentless deals three damage to target creature. That power then deals, or that creature deals damage equal to its power to Garouk. So and then his other then zero his other puts a two-two wolf into play. So he brings a shield form like the old Garouk did, but it's a free shield. So I'm pretty sure most of the time people are just going to be pumping out. 2-2 two, two green, green token, and, uh, or 2-2 two, two wolf tokens, but, um, and then when you transform him, he's, uh, green-black, so he can be Celestial Purge. Yes. So, um, but he's unfortunate. He, he has a plus one, which says, put a 1-1 one, one black wolf creature token with death touch on the battlefield. That's fairly good. 
I think it's a lot better than two two green vanilla wolves. Well, you're getting those for free, so I'm I'm not complaining. But and then minus one. I mean, I'm not complaining, but this is still better. Minus one sacrifice a creature. If you do search your library for a creature card, reveal it and put it into your hand, then shuffle your library. Oh, those wolves I made. That's yep. real nice. Yep. Let's turn it into a thrun. Yep. Let's turn it into a worm coiling. Well, I mean, they don't come into play, but still, you still search out one of Pretty good. And then his minus three abilities. Creatures you control gain trample and get plus X, plus X, and go in their turn. X is the number of creature cards in your graveyard. I'm not sure with him having three loyalty how he's going to, like, transform... Well, okay. Here's here's the the basic without plan. a minus ability. No, so, well the basic plan. You have plan, to let something go through and kill attack. It. Like they have to attack Baruch. Well, that, here here's what they were talking about. Three damage for their Yeah, his his first his first zero ability. Because they were talking about that. How can we make Garrick transform in in a way that feels natural? How about we have Garrick Gideon down and dirty fighting his own battles? Okay. Which is how they came across the first zero ability. Well, he sh he bolts something and then they deal yeah, their they damage to him. Well, so, so I'll fight a one one. I I see what you're yeah. saying with that, but like that's him being fighting a one one or him fighting a, a two two is the only thing. But if he tries to fight anything bigger, he's just uh, four damage removal spell for anything or three damage, and it's only three damage target creature. He's like, uh, he reminded me of a Johnny Fenton for a little while, but then he's like, not even, he's not helixing players, so you can't just helix. Yeah, well, well, that's, that's what I'm so, saying, like. But because of his, his zero abilities and how, like, it's gonna have to deal damage to him, like, I feel like Garou's not ever going to transform if, like, it, when he transforms, he's never gonna get his ultimate off. But here's an interesting I don't think, I don't really, th I don't know how often. I don't know. I, now, so, we haven't seen a lot of cards. A bitter blossom. Uh, assuming if you play, play, play Rook, he's sort of like a bitter blossom. Where he's pumping out two dudes, but you're not taking one life. You're just pumping out two, two wolves every turn. That's yeah. how I see him. Well, here's, a, here's another thing, though. I don't really think a lot of players are going to be looking towards his ultimate. People are going to be wanting to transform him so that they can make blockers for whatever they're doing. Because. A, a one one death toucher. You know, it's just just as good as anything else any other Garrick has made, if not better. And it's his minus one that people are going to want to use more often than not. That's that's his. I think that's his key ability. I, I that, like, that's I his best like ability. I feel like I'm going to play him like a better blossom and just make a toucher every time. But here's an interesting question. Um, when he flips, will he activate himself again? Like, no, he, no, he, no. He, because he, because when it when when the that, card be flips, and oh my ball. god, it's the same card. It's still yeah. the same card. It's still the same card, but every, anything on the back is not relevant anymore, yeah. and, unless it can flip back over. But uh, it's just like yeah. So I'm really looking forward to foils though for the that double sided card. <laughs> However, I was wondering if like foils were gonna be unique. Like you could have a foil that only one was on one side and there wasn't foil on the back, or the back was foil and the front wasn't foil, or you could get both. No, no, both sides will end up being foil. Would you be really you confirmation of that? I don't have confirmation. Well, I don't have confirmation. We're going no, we're going ninety percent here because what's gonna be I'm really gonna open a boil and be like, God damn it <laughs> What's gonna be really <laughs> awkward shout at the release. I'm uh, pre release. I'm just gonna be like, Fuck everyone. God I'm just gonna be like, God uh, no, what's going to be really awesome? Foils are already thicker than regular cards. I wonder how they're going to be. Now we have oh. double face. 
I wonder how they're gonna bow. You know, like a full bow. It's just a bow inward or outward. <laughs> no, no one will. You don't end up getting a cord. It's like it's got the foil one side of it. You know, the other side of the foil. Like that's what it's gonna be like. I'm just gonna be like, no. Like I'm gonna get a, That'll be technically a misprint. That'll be more valuable. Well. And then the thing is, like, I'm going to be like, oh, it would be. Misprints are more valuable, yeah, generally. But I'm saying, like, if you uh, if you open a foil and it's only foil on one side, so like the double-sided foil is going to be worth insane amount. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So, all right. So, um, so anyway, we are um, so um, the, the store owner Bucky said that he's about to call up. Close up. Tell us to get the fuck out. Yeah, so, anyway, so we went through an inner squad. So here, here's here's what I was thinking. Um, we're gonna take, we're gonna cut the the audio right quick so we can discuss something and we'll be right back. All right, and uh, apparently we are now recording, broadcasting from uh, Brian Byerly's truck. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, Lucky was like, "Yeah, I gotta close," so Brian was like. I have a power inverter in my truck. So, that worked out well. Yeah. Anyway. So, so, so we're now recording from the parking lot. <laughs> Word. So, so alright, you talk about impressions of standard, uh, what's going to happen, what we, what we can expect the format to be like when Innistrad comes out. So, I don't know. Like, the thing about Innistrad is there's, there's, it's, we don't have a clear indicator yet with only less than 100 cards spoiled. We are like the format's obviously from what I see, there's a lot of high casting cost stuff. The format's not gonna speed up a whole lot. And all the high casting cost stuff is too high casting cost that what we have currently is just is fast enough, so it's not gonna slow down a terrible amount. Yeah, like it's like with Rosal Drawns it was supposed to slow down, but oh no. Summoning <laughs> trap. Vengevine. Well, yeah, I mean Vengevine didn't I meant like the Eldrazi's. Yeah. Stuff like that. Because the, the high casting cost creature is supposed to slow the game down. The walls are supposed to slow it down. And for a few weeks it did. But then John was like, oh, we can just play this card. <laughs> so. And then just win games. Um, I personally expect the format to slow, like for most decks, to slow down a little bit. There are only a couple a couple decks right now that, that I think will be able to, to keep the same pace. And uh, the first one being Tempered Steel, and the second one being like I, I think those will be the two the two go to all in speed kill decks because I don't see anything. Yeah, you can still play Kill Threat. Yeah, I mean you you, you don't have Goblin Guy, but you know you still you still have quite a few good cards to play with Kill Um and Like I said, Tempered Steel doesn't lose much of anything. I don't want to stop was Ornithopter printed in well? No. Nope. Uh, so we lose Ornithopter. I mean, that might slow the deck down a little bit. Um, st- I mean, I, th- I still think by far Tempered Steel will, will be the fastest deck in the format. Initial impression. Probably, but it's, I don't know, it's easily disrupted. Like, there's just a lot of things that can go wrong for that deck. And well, okay. So, like, I mean, it's still going to be a fast deck. It's still going to be easily contender, disrupted. It's easily, easily disrupted how right now. Past turn, past, or before turn four, how is it easily disrupted now with um, this member? Okay, that's still for one guy. Like, 
spot removal. Let's say day, day adjustment is still legal. Uh, the spot removal like there's, there's still you still uh, you can play that green card, the creeping corrosion. I mean, like, if you really wanted to, like you can still turn four. Well, no, nature's fun. Nature's fun. Nature's fun. Okay. Like, uh, but, you still have naturalized. I mean, I'm just... Stuff like that will turn for action. Yeah. Spot removal, like, I just... I feel like... Spot removal has... Really doesn't have a... Big creatures. Well, I mean, it just doesn't... Well, spot removal has never had, you know, an optimal track record against timber steel. Simply because... Simply because the deck just, you know, vomits its hand out of the table. Right. So spot removal, like, spot removal just, for some reason, always been, or for that reason, has just been subpar against that deck. Well, I, I feel like there's enough stuff that you can, you can, it, it, it's, it's going to be a contender, but it's not going to, it's like, it's I mean, not going to break the format. It, it's not going to be the dominating deck. No. I know me. Yeah, it's not, it's not nearly close to it. But, uh, so, well, I, I feel like, other than that, I think blue-black control is going to be fine. There might be some no variants of blue-black control. I'm looking forward to playing zombies with sort of no body in mind. That'll be, that'll, that'll be some, some interesting tag. I think it'd be real fun, to be honest. But, but why sort of body in mind? Extra milk. It's, and like if I have oh that, yeah that's if I, true if I have that milk guy uh, and that milk a bunch of creatures oh yeah and put a bunch of zombies <laughs> in a pack ten cards let's just say I hit five I get five two two zombies oh yeah that's pretty sweet that's pretty neat and like I'm pro blue pro green so like the big green decks they're like hey I'm a big green card can't <laughs> stop me I'm gonna be like pro you pro dung elder pro the wolves a bunch of the wolves yeah so pro Garrick. Yeah, pro Garrick. <laughs> well, I'm pro, I'm pro Garrick, but like, I'm not pro his zombie, or his death touch token. Death well, I was talking about Garrick Primal Hunter, but... Oh, uh, yeah, 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 I forgot about him. He's still Garrick. Yeah, I forgot there were, there's two Garricks in the format. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, man, that's too... God, I just, really, I just realized the, the new Garrick makes Primal Hunter a little bit worse, because like, you're just like, play Primal Hunter. If I don't immediately just harmonize with them, I'm going to... Play the other one in Legends real quick. <laughs> Have a nice day. I know, right? It's like Jace Power and all over again. I don't know. Yeah. No, I I'm gonna oh, miss Beller in your mind sculpture. Yeah. I'm gonna miss Jace Beller. Yeah, I'm gonna miss that. Uh, I'm gonna miss old Liliana. Those are all real good days. Like I actually like I'm not I'm not a fan of memory up. I may not even play him in the mill deck, but I might. Because <laughs> because the the four drop, the five drop Literally, they're just playing off each other. And it's, it it put a bunch of creatures in play. Like I'm milling you while putting a bunch of creatures. In play. Like come on, that's pretty that. sweet. I mean, I might play. Sort and of we didn't have this. Salmon as well. And when we were uh, when we were talking about the the mill deck um, back in uh, I think it was episode three, we were uh, we were talking talking about mill. We didn't have this information then. Yeah, so, well, obviously, mill is looking. Memory memory depth made it look like hey, you need to play mill. So like. Well, it didn't seem to me like you needed to play mill. Like, like it, it was broadcasting something. that was like, buy these early. I was like, hmm. didn't take that advice. <laughs> no. I need to do it now before before foil memory adepts go the fuck up. Yeah, I know, right? Um, so basically, that's really all we can say about standard at this point. Um, hopefully, we'll we'll have some more information and a little more insight for you. Uh, 
on our video episode, which um, uh, should be the next. It will be our next episode. I don't know if it'll be next week. But it'll it it be won't. It probably episode. won't be next week. I think we're gonna take a scheduled week off to make sure we get this thing done right. Yeah, like we're I was, looking for equipment for it now. So. Like you know, I was talking to Will about talking to Will about it, and you know, we were saying that you know, if we're gonna do it, we're gonna do it right. So we're gonna take a scheduled week off. Um, so we'll, we'll make sure. Yeah, so you're gonna like, yeah, we're, we're turning into bi-weekly episodes. Okay? <laughs> it's real awkward. Well, it's transportation issues and well, scheduling issues. Yeah, it's the fact that Chris lives 40 minutes away from me. What do you live? You live 20 minutes from Chris, and then... No, no, well, on my scooter, it's more than that. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, okay, so... Yeah, a 20-minute ride becomes, like, two-hour ride. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's, it's an hour to get here. Okay, so it's an hour. So Chris lives an hour away from me now. Um, and then he lives... How far from Chris? 20, 25, 30 minutes? Probably, probably 30, 30 to 40. 30, 30 to 40 minutes. And then Chris... Chris Kennedy, he lives... 40 minutes driving from me. <laughs> like, it, it's so far. And, like, it's real unfortunate... That, like, I mean, even if our story closed down, like, I was still 30 minutes out from the from the gathering, so I. But it made it easier. It's also not a commute that also I could stay open. We wouldn't record in the parking lot because (laughs) it was okay for us to be there that late. Yeah. So I don't know if that's going to be the case or not, since where it is, I'm not getting, I'm not going to get a job from them. So whatever, (laughs) it's fine. I don't need more. I don't need money. I'll just not have money. (laughs) <laughs> Which is real awkward because I want to spend sixteen hundred dollars real fast. <laughs> I'm wanting to do that with no nobody like nobody business. But like, like if somebody gave you a check for sixteen hundred dollars, it'd be know. gone tomorrow. Yeah, it'd be gone that day. Yeah. What are what are Bracey Metamorphs at? Just a little side bit. I just want to know how much. It was like seven, eight bucks. I'm uh, um, I'm guessing oh, around six, seven, yeah. Six, seven. Okay. Seven's the median. Uh, I traded I traded Scrubland. Uh, 45, uh, struggling enough, I got 45, so I see them at 50 to 60. Uh, so I traded a struggling and a pricey metamorph for a Rise, Gideon, a uh, Lorwyn Jace, a Shard of the Galar, a Sarkin Ball, and, uh, one other, oh, uh, uh, Vincent, Vincent. Was it Vincent? I thought it was, no, no, because you got, you got I, that one of Johnny I, was, from, yeah, and I got the Johnny, and I got the Johnny, oh yeah, I also got a Johnny, a Lorwyn and Johnny Goldmane. So, yeah. for, for all that. For a scrub land and a bricksy metamorph. And I have, I have two scrub lands. I had two scrub lands, but now I have one. Yeah. I should trade the really crappy played one that I have. But so, um, now we're, we're going to... I bought it, and then I was like, I don't want this. <laughs> yeah, we, we, uh, on our video episode, though, we've, we've got a special treat in store for you. We're going to have one of the, uh, one of the, the top, top 32 30. at, uh, Pro Tour Philly. Yep. And, uh... My close personal friend, Brad Shepard. Who yeah. went... And we're, we're going to say this on the air. We've already told him in person, but Brad went to Philly and did the impossible. Yeah, they were saying that the format was too fast for control, and it was real fast. Because I remember they, people were telling stories. I was like, yeah, I sat down, looked to my left, somebody was dying to Glistener Elf, and the other guy was dying to Pyromancer Ascension. And I just looked at my cards and was like, yep, too slow. <laughs> I was like, today's going to suck. <laughs> and so... Um, Brad, anyway, Brad went, went and played Control. He played Next Level Blue, which and he has a deck tech on the Mothership site, Daily MTG. He's it's Brad Shepard. Next Level Blue is his deck. It's really it's really good. There are a lot of things that he, he wanted to change, and he expected other people to be playing Blue, but 
nobody, nobody did. Nobody he was did. one of he was one of what two players in the whole room. He was the only person playing that deck in the entire building. Day really? one and day two, he was the only person playing that. Building. I thought that was there one were two other. people playing fairies, and then there was another person playing a mono blue. It was it, it was not considered next level blue. It was considered mono blue. So it was playing a straight blue. It was it was like huh. probably trying to play Vidillion Shackles and just getting blown out by two. Yeah, so getting blown out by a uh, pyromancer ascension. Yeah, um, but, and he also Brad also splashed um, for Tarmogoyf and Path, which was which was real neat. Yeah, he did. He, he was, was blue green white. So he had Tarmogoyf. <laughs> he had he had other cards on the sideboard for the he had armored uh, not armored ascension. He had timely reinforcements in the sideboard. Which he said was a really good card, and like a lot of people would be like, I don't think that's good for modern, but it really is. Like it is, and it helps with, and it gives you guys to cheaply equip your sword. He did love. He one thing he did say, and it said in the article, but he loved the interaction between the swords and mutable. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I guess colonnade for one, four tag you untap, haha. Three attacks was pretty good, but he also said mutable uh, hindered him from playing cryptic command a couple times, and that was very unfortunate. Yeah. But um, but yeah, we're on uh, our video episode. He is he is going to uh, he's going to be on with us. Yeah. To uh, give you some some in, insider. We should know, do a beacon, this. We should. That'd be real fun. Yeah, yeah here's a lot of seagulls in the background. <laughs> <laughs> How often girls and kids on the beach? Oh, yeah. Right. We also we also have our unnamed guest, which also went to the went to the pro toy, but we've already told you we got one guy. He went. He did. He did a lot of other. He he did other things with the pro court besides playing in the pro court. <laughs> so <clears throat> he, he still, was, we're still not going to tell you who he is though. That'll be a surprise. He was <laughs> banging the Liberty Girl. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He said he, he said he had a really good time. He made some money, but like he didn't. I guess he. I don't know. I don't know what he played. I know he was begging for a legacy deck. So it's all. It's all like. That's what, they, that's what he fucking did in Richmond. Well, like, I mean, me and Chris to almost be honest, to be honest, like, I think I saw like 15 Facebook ads of people asking for legacy deck while they were in, at, in Philly. Why? This is just didn't have them. They were just like, didn't make day three of the tour. What am I going to do now? Play in the legacy open. <laughs> that's real. That's real nice. Yeah, I've got something I've been working on for legacy. It's uh, it's triple knot basically. Red Knight. It's probably like Mass Knot. Huh, of, uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Mass running Corporal Orbit's plays for the Red Knight. So, play it like a blue-black build. So that's pretty cool. Basically go uh, like Dark Ritual, Corporal Orb, Vexion Red Knight, 12-12 on one time to travel. Ooh. And it gets around the uh, coming to play ability that the guy has. Uh, Even Dark Ritual... It's a Middle Mist step. It's not banned? Hmm. Not banned. Okay. But Middle Mist step is that Vex, like, big hazer. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a lot of one drops. That deck definitely uh, might not see play because Mental <laughs> Misstep is one of the most popular cards in Legacy. <laughs> you should just play Mental Misstep just to beat their other Mental Missteps. Well, Wait, see, isn't that what Red does? <laughs> but see, things like that's why I'm actually splashing in blue. More of a control variant to protect my combo. Stuff like that. So. With Force of Will in there? Yes. Okay. Force of Will, Mental Misstep. Fair enough, fair enough. You need to, you need to be playing... Some more blue cards to be able to take advantage. Oh, I'm playing of. Uh, stuff like brainstorm, uh, things like that. So, cards, it cards that you aren't sad to pitch to force. you be sad to pitch it to force. It, it plays a very lot like a variant of uh, blue black the animator in the main base. Yeah, but uh, the biggest combo in the, in the thing is actually still four from nine. Use a lot of draw and fishing action in the deck itself. A lot of uh, control variants with it too. So, yeah, I was talking to. Um, Talking to some people on uh, Lackey the other day, and we were we were having a debate about 
what the best card in Legacy is. No, what's that? Yeah. No, actually... It's the Brainstorm. Best. No. It's used properly. Brainstorm is the best card in Legacy. If you know how to use it. No, yeah. Jace the Mind Sculptor. Jace the Mind Sculptor. You know what the best card in, in Legacy is? What the best card in Magic is? An island. Plain and simple. <laughs> yeah. No, it have to be Underground Sea. No. No. You'll Just think island. No, Chop Island. You can play yeah. Armor Glyph off it. There you go. <laughs> Chop Island. Only getting better. Best card in Magic. Chop <laughs> Island. We said it. <laughs> Jace the Mind Sculptor. The card does so many things. Yeah. Like, it's, it's the best it's card ever printed. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, I, like in my EDH deck, I always been paired tutor for Jace because, like, I like I could combo or I could go get Jace and do ridiculous things until I combo. <laughs> so, I don't know. Most of the time, I actually go get uh, I actually go get the combo piece just because it's really you have to win. If I don't, do, if I'm like, no, don't feel like winning. We're here to have fun. That one gives me where Connor picked that shit up from. I still think the funniest funny thing accent and the closing your eyes game. I still think the funniest thing I've done nope, nope, nope. In, uh, in Commander was hitting three opponents at one time with uh, 13 points of damage with an Exanguate. So I thought that was like the funniest thing I've ever done in Commander. That's really good though. Like, anyway, like, I was just like, man, I can't believe this card. I was like, it's really good. Commander base. And he was like, I'm real sad about Commander related. I have to, for my Planeswalker collection, I have to buy the Commander Garut. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna find somebody with and be like, this card's a dollar. They're gonna be like, with the roof, I'll be like, dollar! <laughs> dollar, dollar, dollar. Or I'll just be like, here's the M11 group, please trade me. <laughs> and I'll be like, what? I'll be like, do it! Do it! I might have a lore, I might have a Lorwyn Garrett, uh, if you don't already have one. I have no idea. I've got I two mean, regular Garrett's. Yeah. I just don't know what set stuff from. Yeah. Make sure you find one. Uh, I already got rid of both of them. Oh. <laughs> Alright, I got the ball on that. I also got the ball on getting the full con from Brad. Really? Yeah, he already sold it. Oh. Yeah, it was damn it. It's whatever. I got a pro for Donnie out of it. Nice. Can't complain. So, That's pretty good. He just gave it to me, too. That was awesome. Well, Brad, Brad's a good guy. Yep. Like, I'm, I'm glad he did well in Philly. I really am. I was like, I. Like, I. <laughs> this is going to sound real dumb, but, uh, I was, I was looking <laughs> at standings and then be like, oh, man, I really want to tell somebody Brad's 1 0. Oh, I really want to tell somebody Brad's 2-0. And then every, like, the third round, I was like, Brad's 3-0. I was like, I can't tell anybody, otherwise I'll jinx it. <laughs> and then, but but I, ended up, I ended up jinxing it. And then, well, you put, no, he still went, he still went 5-0. Oh, he did? Yeah, he still went 5-0. Oh, because I put he was 3-0. And no, no, he, he went 4-1. That's right. And then he barely he made day two. I was, I, I texted him after I, like, day one standing for finally posted. And I was, like, cutting it a little close there, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> No, because he played, his first loss was to LSV. And then his second loss was to Jesse, uh, oh shit, what's his name? Jesse, what's the Asian thing? I don't know. I, I do know he lost the Conley. bomb with the rest of the bombs, you know, so. <laughs> I know, I know he did lose the Conley Woods also. He did? Yeah. Huh. But yeah, he lost, he lost the Conley, I'm pretty I sure. I was looking at the Twitter feed for the Pro Tour, and they're like, what the hell is Conley Woods thinking when he's drafting? <laughs> he's like got a draft, like, feature or whatever, so they're like watching his draft picks, and they're just like, these are terrible. <laughs> Why would you do that? Conley so, Woods is a great player. He's, he's a cool personality. 
Yeah. He can't draft. He's a horrible drafter. So. <laughs> terrible at drafting. He's better than me. Well, I mean, Brad said the draft, like, nobody knew what they were doing as far as draft goes up there. They were just like, everybody was just like, can't, don't, don't do it. <laughs> like, I don't, I just now start picking up well draft. I should have done it, like, last week or whatever. Well, I, I, think, think, I think the reason was everybody, everybody had already, like, exhausted all of their mental capacity just trying to figure out modern, you know? Yeah. Well, speaking of modern, what do you guys think about the uh, format so far? It's it's too fast. It, they're going to do something. They're going to change the look. Personally, like personally, I think they need to unban ancestral vision. Like they made such an effort to make blue bad that they made it unplayable. Like they gave they gave the format to combo decks, and that's not right. I mean, they they gave the format away to decks that really shouldn't be that dominant. I don't know. I, I think I'm, this whole format might be a mistake. I don't. I don't know. I don't think it's a mistake. I think they just got to get the ban list tweaked, right? It's, it's still real. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, don't worry about it. They're not going to change it. They're not going to change anything. They're gonna, <laughs> six months later, they'll change the list. They need to add more cards to it. They won't take anything off. I think they need to take ancestral vision off, though. Yep. Yeah, I don't mean, they might. They just take. They just put ancient dead on. Or they just take ancient dead off. <laughs> one of them. No, no, tree of tails. Nah, they're like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> we, we, should, we should do one that's like not going to make that much of a difference. But no, we'll put ancient dead back. Yeah, let's back. do that. Let's put it back in play. <laughs> Take out hardbound ravager. You'd be like, oh, God. Uh, they're playing one of the foremost uh, play, uh, formatted decks right now is what? Zoo. Uh, zoo, 12 colors. Splinter Twin. Uh, and Zoom all affinity with all uh, affinity. Yeah, the mono red affinity. Oh yeah, the one of those decks, the the mono red affinity made top eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's real nice. I thought it was pretty cute. I, don't know, I mean, it was, it was actually good enough. I think. I, I and then the the blue infect one, the mono blue infect made it. But yeah, I mean it's not a blue infect, but it plays burning troll and progenitus. Yeah, co- for for combo. Oh, right. did it play the No, it played progenitus. And Emrakul. I, I think one of the most interesting decks. It has to be a red card. I think one of the most red card? interesting red decks card. in modern right oh, now is going to be like Hive Mind. So, I mean, come on, think about it. It's still Pack too slow. Not. It's, it's, it's slow, slow, but it's just an interesting idea. It's a fun idea. But it's too slow. That's that's the thing. Like, just can't keep up with anything. That's. Oh. That That's. I don't know. Poor Will. Personally. Oh, well. Life goes on. Oh, well. Anyway, he's not riding on the sidewalk anymore. Yeah. So um, alright. You got you got something for story server this week, Will? I hadn't thought of anything. Give me thirty-five seconds. (laughs) Okay, one, two. two. (laughs) Now the pressure's actually on. Uh, He's feeling the pressure. Maybe he has to go poop. No. (laughs) Goo, goo. One, two, right. You guys just start naming events I've been to. <laughs> I think you've already told all your GPDC stories. Yeah, I think I've two. I told all my original stories about already. already. Oh, I can I can say this now, um, because I don't know if you heard, but uh, they broke up. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. so I can tell I can tell this now. Funniest thing I've ever heard Jackson say when I was getting into the car, getting into his car, coming back from Richmond, there was a beer in his backseat, and uh, I was like, "What do you want me to do with this beer?" And he goes. Hey, don't touch my beer. I need that to have sex with you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I that. Well, I guess that's what you get for having a lot, though. <laughs> I mean, come on, think about it. The guy wears a spray on tan. 
<laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway. It, it won't try to hurt. He's glowing orange. I mean, uh, he's a toxic Avenger. All right. Did I tell you guys about when we were grilling out for DPDC? Uh, I'll tell you that part. It's not really, it's not really that funny, actually. Because I'll tell it anyway, but it's not that funny. <laughs> but, like, so... They were, they were making burgers or whatever, and they're like, Will, do you want a burger? I was like, nope, I got my jar of peanut butter, and just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> and then I found a beer, and I saw I had a beer and a jar of peanut butter. But actually, I actually made a, last Friday, I, not last Friday, but the Friday before, I actually uh, got an accomplishment. One of my lifelong goals was to go to a restaurant and order a beer and order off the kids' menu. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a, Mexican, a Mexican restaurant that will let you do that. That's, that's quite funny. Yeah. So that was actually, uh, I don't know, it's, it's on my bucket list. It's not everything I wanted to do in life, it's just something. Uh, oh my god, that, that shit is hilarious. So, as it's that, uh, I'm trying to think if there's any, like, I haven't done anything recently. I've just been. Well, how about busy. this? How about we, we were holding this story for a retainer? Which story? The LSV shirt story. Oh, dear God. I can't <laughs> All right, so, okay. So, we go to... We're at GPDC. LSV's playing. And uh, LSV actually played one of our friends that wrote up there. I can't remember who, but LSV's up there. And there's this guy that doesn't... I mean, doesn't know him all that well or anything. But, uh... So, anyway, he's like, wow, LSV. He's like... So, he starts making fun of him. And he's just like... He's just like, alright, so, he said, he wrote the song, it's like, to the tune of Eye of the Tiger, he's like, <laughs> I live in my mom's basement, <laughs> I play wow all day long, I can't get a girl, and he's like, it's just like singing this, and then like, he, he keeps singing this the whole day, and like, eventually he actually walks into LSD while he's singing this. And just looks at him and goes, I live in my office, man. And just like, goes like a spin move and walks away. <laughs> and Elodie like, does, I don't know if he just doesn't pay attention while he's about these events to like random bogeys that are just acting stupid. Or he just didn't care, but like, I, I guess he didn't understand what was happening. He's getting made fun of. And then so somebody was like, like somebody, uh, they both. We didn't intend on staying for day two because we didn't think anybody was going to do it do well. But, so, we actually, a couple of us actually day two, and I preemptively found a place to stay when I had the potential of staying, or making day two. When I needed one more win, I was like, yep, I need to find a place to stay. So I started hunting, I found a place to stay, and so then my, the rest of my party actually ended up getting a hotel room, but I didn't stay with them because... Oh, okay. So, but the next morning... It was morning, at that girl's house, right? <laughs> No, 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 no. They, they got a hotel, and I stayed with uh, John Winter ah, and, okay. and his family, because they, uh, they were up there. And so, uh, but, anyway, the next morning, they, uh, they, they all smelled real funky, and so they went and bought T-shirts. And so they got the T-shirts, and then uh, my friend Neil was like, man, I'm going to make this into a collector's item. I don't know if that's his exact words or whatever, but he ended up doing it. And so, like, he started writing on this T-shirt, this slogan that he wanted to say, is like, I went to Chantilly. <laughs> and, uh, Chantilly DC and or Chantilly VA and all I got was LSV. <laughs> <laughs> and because I'm pretty sure he was the one that ended up playing LSV or somebody. Somebody I don't I don't remember exactly who played him, but somebody played him and lost to him and got beat real bad. And then so 
Bob is working real hard on this shirt the whole time. He's like completely focused. He's wearing the shirt and like writing on it at the same time. We're taking mad artsy skills here. But like he's been in the whole time. So they go and go get food. And Bob goes with Mike to go get food. And while they're in the parking lot, uh, Mike cuts this girl, cuts this lady off. And like it's in a park, it takes her parking space. Okay. And she starts honking the horn, or she starts honking the horn, and Mike's like, starts honking back, and starts yelling at her, bitch, come fight me, and we're like, bitch, what? <laughs> and he's like getting real rude with her, and then, like, Bob just coloring his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Not caring. And then, like, he's like, what are you doing? He's just yelling back and forth. And then, like, I remember, like, Mike gets back in the car, and he's like, yeah, that's what I thought. And then Bob's like, huh? <laughs> they completely didn't notice what was happening. Another time, Bob was walking back, riding on a shirt more, and Mike, this this girl comes up, and starts asking Mike and uh, Mike and Bob about like directions or something. Okay. And like she's like eyeing Bob real hard. I don't know if it's just because he's doing something, or like because she actually like found him attractive or whatever. We're gonna assume it's the latter. She found him attractive, and so like which is quite funny. Bob is just. Color in a shirt, like <laughs> color in the block letters LS. All I got was LSB, and like she's talking to him, and like she just looks, walks away a little disappointed. And Mike is just like, Bob, that girl, the girl is looking at you real hard. And she's like, huh, oh, what girl? <laughs> just completely unaware. And then, cap it all off, he actually walks up to LSB and is like, Hey man, what are you showing my shirt? <laughs> so he gets LSB to sign the shirt that says, I got, I went to Chantilly Villa. VA and all I got was LSB. I'm sure I'm missing parts of the story because I'm pretty sure something else happened while Bob was just coloring his shirt. Another really funny story is John Winter's little brother Connor was at DPDC too. <laughs> Connor's hilarious. And so, anyway, there are crowds of people just like just running around trying to find the pairings and whatever. John goes up to Mike and he's like, dude, have you seen my little brother? I can't find him. And Connor's real small, and like in a crowd of people, he's like the, one of the hardest people to find. He's like looking for Frodo, and where's Waldo? Yeah, anyway, <laughs> anyway it's like we're looking for Waldo's dog. But, <laughs> so, Mike's just like, nah, but if I see him, I'll, I'll make sure to let him know you're looking for him. And then like five, ten seconds after he talks to John, he just sees Connor running real fast through the crowd of people. Just like reaches through a bunch of people, grabs Connor, pulls him back, and raises him up in the air. John, I found him! <laughs> just lifts him up in the air. Connor's like, oh god, what's going on? <laughs> I'm being abducted! Something. Yep, I'm an adult! I'm an adult. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what. That was a pretty good story. So, anyway, I'll make sure to actually start having relevant stories. I haven't been to events in a while because I've just been too busy with life. I was supposed to go to Atlanta this weekend, but I'm going to a wedding instead. So maybe I'll have some stories about getting drunk at a wedding. Yeah, he's going to be a wedding crasher this weekend. I'm not crashing. I'm actually invited. Oh, don't lie. <laughs> crashing. All right, so my family, my family has this really odd rule. You're allowed to skip three consecutive family events, but you can't skip a fourth. Otherwise, you're disowned from the family. And it's a real small family, so we're actually able to keep it. But I've already skipped three major events in our family. I skipped a family reunion. I skipped another wedding. And I skipped something else. I don't remember what, but apparently the record show, I skipped it. So <laughs> The record show. Yeah, they keep a record book. They keep everything. We, we, actually, we actually have a, a cousin who keeps the records of family attendance. Jesus. Because he goes to every event. So, anyway, so I was informed I do have to go to this event, or this this, this wedding, my cousin's wedding, another cousin's wedding. 
And uh, so I'm going to go there and hopefully there'll be an open bar, but I, I don't know. My cousin, my cousin's fiance, like, hopefully her family buys an open bar. Nice. I mean, hopefully. I don't know. That'd she, be nice. She's from Savannah, I think, or New York. No, no, she's from New York, but she went to school in Savannah, so that's why we're having the wedding. And stuff. I don't know. Anyway. anyway. But if you happen to be in Savannah and you're at a wedding, just look for me. <laughs> um, I like By her. the way, speaking of events, um, GP, the next uh, big event close to us, I think, with GP San Diego. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it's uh, like GP Nashville. GP oh, Nashville okay. next March. Oh my god, that's so far away. My birthday weekend. Are we going? We better go. Nashville? Alright. Me and Chris are going. I'm going. You better go. I'm going to Honolulu. <laughs> He's already said it. Honolulu, Will of Ask. Yep. Let's go. Playing standard. I do not know how it's going to work. Right now I'm just like, I need to focus on sealed. So I need to start memorizing the cards in Innistrad real fast. I feel yeah. like it's Bird of Paradise and you're sitting here playing with yeah, it. Yeah, I found it on the floor. I saved it. I saved it, so it's fine. <laughs> and sitting here playing with a Bird of Paradise. I found it on the floor. He's like, mm, Bird, 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 Bird is the word. <laughs> no, don't start that. Okay. Senor. No. Alright, well, anyway. What right, else is so. there? Non-Magic Randomness. Definitely have that. <laughs> Wait, didn't we just do that? Yeah, definitely <laughs> had that. So, anyway. So, um, we, all, we actually have a new fan, um... A new like on our uh, on our like Facebook it. page. Ooh, it's Johnny X. Johnny X. Johnny, I swear to God, that's what I saw the first time I saw it because his last name is um, Tessiger or Tegesser or something like that. <laughs> and at first, I saw Johnny Test. So I'm like one of those guys you see at like a jib joint corny or something like that. I'm like, I'll tell you your weight. What's your weight? Anyway, <laughs> but anyway, he's from uh, he's from Ontario. I'm, I'm pretty sure, unless I read it wrong. And Johnny, if I did read it wrong, I apologize. I will correct it as soon as possible. Um, but yeah, thanks, man. Glad you liked the show. You know, keep listening to us. We we do our best to try to get regular episodes out. But if you things happen, yeah, things have happened. Oh bloody, oh blood, our life goes on. Yeah, I suppose. Um, so as always, we are brought to you by Lucky's Card Shop in Greensboro, North Carolina. You can find Lucky online at his online store, luckyscardshop.com, or his brick-and-mortar location, 3929 High Point Road, Greensboro, North Carolina, 27407. Um, his phone number is 336-834-4644. You can find us every week on MTG Cast as well as iTunes. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash gauntlet. You can follow us on Twitter at underscore, or run underscore the gauntlet. You can email us at runnin, R-U-N-N-I-N, the gauntlet, at hotmail.com. And you can find <clears throat> not so much here recently because I don't have money to buy cards, but... I'm still not on Moto. We all I'm still get to re-download Moto on my computer. <laughs> we, uh... My computer doesn't like Moto. It just like... We have Moto accounts, but we're very rarely on them. I'm sure I have, like, an influx of people that are just adding me to the list. As soon as I log on, they're going to be like... <laughs> but if... Oh, actually, hold on. What is... Search Mike Ward. Yeah, just, just bug the hell out of that guy. <laughs> oh, by the way, funny story, uh, funny thing about about Mike Ward. Go to YouTube and search Mike Ward breaching. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ward breaching. W a r d b r e e c h i n g. Search that video. Ward breaching. <laughs> it looks like a. It looks like a. Somebody. It's, it's like a picture of a pool. That's. Then you'll know it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you can find. You can find us on Moto if we ever decide to get back on. Um, 
me, Chris Laws, is moto underscore x underscore freak 207. Chris Kennedy is diamond dog, D-A-W-G, and Will is W, W of a bass. L-A-V-A-S-Q-U-E. Yeah, it's, it's my last name. W. Levesque. It's, I'm sure there's posts somewhere on there that says, like, oh, just like on the Facebook page of like a moderator or something. You'll see it. It's W. Yeah. Levesque. So. All right. And uh, for Luckies, for Chris Kennedy, Will Levesque, and this week, Brian Byerly, I'm Chris Laws. Keep playtesting, keep deck building, and keep running the gauntlet.